door, trying to get it tied. Kennedy scores! And will cater in. Shots! He has the crossbar! Kennedy looking center shot. You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Break out your brooms because it's time for Behind the Mask with yours truly, Jason Ruff, alongside Brian Bobel. Tonight we'll be breaking down the Spartan sweep of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Afterwards, we'll go around the boards, checking on the Big Ten, and finally, we'll get you ready for Rivalry Week. That's right, Michigan State versus Michigan in the duel in the D. Folks, it doesn't get much better than that, does it, Brian? No way. Big rivalry, big stage at Joe Louis Arena. Can't ask for anything more, except if you want to talk outdoors, but we'll get to that next week. Yeah. Oh, come on. We can talk about a we little could. bit. We could. It's my but hometown. The more important game is, uh, I mean, you got to go with the first game first. Yeah, that's, that's the one we're covering. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Michigan State versus Michigan in the duel in the D. Really important points on the line for Michigan State. But before we get into all that, let's recap the weekend before, Brian, a spectacular night for the green and white. They had to get six points. Guess what? They got them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, they did not get it easily. You know, Ohio State did not give them up easily, but... The Spartans may not have played their best 120 minutes, but the important thing is they got the job done. Exactly. So let's go into the recap. We'll start on game one on Friday night. In their first home action in the new year, the Spartans hosted the Buckeyes in front of a sellout crowd of 6,475 at Munn Ice Arena. Brian, when was the last time you saw Munn full for a game other than Michigan? Oh, boy, you got to go back a while. That, that, was the, that was the biggest, most exhilarating crowd I've seen in a while outside of a Michigan game. That was probably, yeah. I mean, Michigan always gets, you always get it. But you know, Jason, when we were sitting there Friday night, you could feel the buzz around the arena. You could feel like there, it felt like there was, you know, mojo in the building for the first time in a while. I know it was, it was surreal. It was surreal. I remember I got a text um, from uh, MSU Spartans hockey saying that they were down to, Standing room only tickets mm-hmm. because it was uh, MSU Federal Credit Union night, and I was thinking to myself, "Wait, they're down to standing room only? Mm-hmm. Wow!" It, it was, it was, it was awesome. I can't describe yes. it. It was awesome. Yes. You know, to, to be in a rocking building like that for two nights in a row. Hopefully, it's a sign of things to come at Mun. But give the Spartans a lot of credit. They gave everybody what they were looking for. Exactly. Let's go into that game in front of an awesome crowd. It was a scoreless first period after 20 minutes, both sides exchanging some chances, but Michigan State, you could really tell that Penn State loss was really sitting with them. Mm. They came out to play. That night also featured the return of Matt Berry, and he paid immediate dividends. Berry opened the scoring in the second period with a nice wraparound attempt, followed soon after by Brett Darnell's blast off the faceoff win. That was a cannon of a shot, Brian. Oh, yeah, and, and it happened so quick, the boom, boom, you know, and not very often are you able to win a faceoff that cleanly right to your shooter, and he just, he made no mistake. He's proven why he's one of the hot, one of the, the hottest. You know what? I'll even go out and say he's been the hottest Spartan lately for this team. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, he leads the team in points in conference. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. So the seniors definitely stepping up. 
However, in the third period, the Buckeyes would pull within one, making things a little bit dicey. However, the Spartans putting on a, putting on a show for their home crowd. Mackenzie McEachern and Ryan Keller responded with two unanswered goals to ice it. McKellar's goal coming in the final minute of regulation off of a beautiful rebound. The Spartans defeated the Buckeyes 4-1. to It was also the night the Spartans unveiled their new jerseys for mm. the outdoor game, working the kind of Nike pro combat look. Brian, what did you think about that? Well, they were misleading at first when they, they introduced the look on a video on their new, brand new, super cool Jumbo. video board. Jumbo. And... I couldn't get a good look at it, but I was listening to the music, and they were playing a rendition of ACDC's Back in Black. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're going with an all-black uniform. And then they had Michael Farentino, the captain, dress up and walk towards the camera, revealing a nice Spartan green with the combat look. The nod to the combat uniforms worn by the basketball and football teams over the last few years. I like the look. Oh, they look so good. I cannot wait to see that in Soldier Field. That mm-hmm. just, to quote Tom and ask this, they're sick. They're sick. They're <laughs> sweet. He likes them. He likes them, folks. He likes them. He likes them. And there's a lot to like. He he mentioned that he, he really likes the fact that it says Spartans on the back instead of player names. I like that. I mean, if you were going to go for the combat look and trying to, you know, pay an homage to the other pro, you know, basketball and football, they had Spartans on the back too. So I felt it was a great move on that part. It took me a while to realize that there were, you know, the shoulders was, were, were black. black. You know, they had that black stripe going from the shoulder all the way down to the gloves, which I thought it was just an awesome touch. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not usually a fan, folks, of, of jerseys that don't have stripes. And, and Jason, I've told you this so many times. Not a fan when his sweater doesn't have a stripe along the midsection, either along the waist or along the chest, but this one pulls it off. They don't have it, and they pull it off. I'm waiting for these to come out on retail because I want mm. one. Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I've Seriously, I want one. Coach Anastas, you need to get on that. Mm. But a really big win for Michigan State to pull that out in front of their crowd. That would pull. That would set up, I should say, an even more critical second game the night before. Before I go in the recap, Ryan, I have to tell you this. When I came to Michigan State, my biggest dream was to watch hockey games like in an atmosphere like that second game on mm-hmm. Saturday night. You could tell it was a sellout crowd. The stakes were pretty high. Mm-hmm. You could just feel the energy. And I couldn't help but smile because I know for myself and I'm sure for a lot of other Michigan State hockey fans that either have gone here in the past or currently do go here, that's the atmosphere they want to participate in and it was just so surreal and and Saturday night's game was a lot uh, I think the atmosphere was a lot better because you had a lot more Ohio State fans at that game they had half that section below the press box in front of us they were loud they were hollering all game long and then you had another section off in the corner uh, by Jake Hildebrand's net for the for, uh, for the first and third periods that was pretty filled so the crowd was awesome more importantly, I think, was the team's mentality after the first game. After they won that first game, when we talked to Tom Anastas in the post game, he made sure that there was a business-like mentality in that locker room, saying, boys, 
We may have won the first three periods. I love that he uses. He talked about this last series as just a six-period game, one six-period game. After they won four to one Friday night, he said we played a great first three periods. Now we have an intermission, and we have to be ready for period four to, on, which was Saturday night. I thought that was an absolutely perfect way to approach this weekend, and you know what? It worked. Yes, it did. For the first time this season, Michigan State was able to pull off the sweep. It was a sc- again like the like previous. It was a scoreless first period, a bit of a slower start for MSU, but you kind of had to anticipate that. The yeah. Buckeyes, they've been coming yeah. off some pretty bad losses. They weren't going to take this one lying down. Yeah, and and Michigan State had a rough going in the first period in both games. It was nothing, nothing after the first nil, nil, if you will. That rhyme, that's great. <laughs> Nil-nil after the first period of uh, Friday night. Same story Saturday night. But, you know, the team kind of rebounded in the first intermission both nights. And we'll talk about some of the emotional, you know, uh, the uh, momentum swings that went in that game with some of the stuff Michigan State did. But, you know, Matt Berry was huge the first night. He was the best player the first night. But there were, I think there were three Spartans that were just Lights out Saturday night. Yes. And I'm sure you can guess who they were. Mm, Yeah, I can. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The scoring started in the second period, late in the second period, courtesy of Ryan Keller picking up his second goal of the weekend. Keller now starting to find a bit of an offensive streak as well to join Brett Darnell. Third period, it was one to nothing. Tied affair with the Spartan penalty kill, killing off some critical penalties, I should say. Michigan State, for the record, has killed off 21 consecutive penalties. And that was after a tumultuous two games against Minnesota. Oh, yes. Their power play got, their penalty kill rather, just got ripped to shreds by the Golden Gophers. But look at what, look at what's happened since. Is it a coincidence this team has started to find their stride and they have killed 21 in a row? That, that penalty kill that they had on the too many men on the ice penalty in the third period when it was still one nothing was phenomenal. They were under siege the whole two minutes, blocking shots. Hildebrand was there when he needed to, and that really just completely swung momentum in the Spartans' favor the rest of the game. And, and you could tell tell the crowd loved it. Oh, yeah. Standing ovation, folks. Standing ovation. You bet. Long time coming, too. Mm-hmm. Long time coming, too. Mike Ferentino would draw two five-minute majors <laughs> Off of very nasty hits, ladies and gentlemen, both resulted, which resulted in MSU five on three. Both offending Buckeyes were sent to the locker room. Michigan State during the final three five on three capitalized on the power play with a Brett Darnell bomb, another one from the left hash to make the to ice the game two nothing. His second of the series, and Mich- and that would do it. Michigan State would record their first sweep of the season during. Two consecutive sellouts at Mon. Mm-hmm. Brian, has that ever happened while you were here? <sighs> Aside from Michigan, I gotta go back into the memory books for that one. Uh, I think there have been a couple games in a row where there have been great crowds. This is my freshman year was when they made the NCAA tournament, so they had a really they had a solid team that year. So the crowds were big. But I gotta say, in the last two, maybe three seasons, I think that was just. Outside of a Michigan game, like we said, it was the biggest emotion, like emotional crowd. Like that crowd got you going. Even up in the press box, the crowd got you going. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was electric. It was an electric crowd, and the the players responded to it very well. 
I, I really like what Tom and Asta said after the second game. I asked him about the crowd, if he noticed that was such a big crowd. Here's what he told me. He told me that he had his pregame speech all ready to go. But when he heard that they were that the pre, uh, ticket office was down to only standing room only tickets, he pitched the speech and said, boys, you owe those people. Mm-hmm. He basically said that that team needs to lay it all on the line for that crowd and in turn that crowd will help us. You know what? It happened. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's the start of something big. Because I've been telling people, you know, Michigan State, they're starting to climb out of that hole. They're starting to move up. They are a contender in the Big Ten race right now because of this weekend. If they stick with Michigan these next two weeks, they are in that race for second. It may not be first, but you know what? In my opinion, second is just as good as first because you still get that first round by mm-hmm. in, in the Big Ten tournament. Yep. That makes it a much more manageable tournament. Only And if you win those two games, as Michigan State has now shown that they can win two games, automatic bid to the tournament. Yeah, and, and it was important because this was a, a huge roadblock they needed to get by. Just that putting together two games in a row, two solid, you know, two good games in a row and getting the results was a huge roadblock that they just couldn't get over. They couldn't get by. It was, it was so big for them just to be able to get over that hump and now we'll see what they make out of it. We'll see how much they keep that business-like mentality going into these ne- the next week, the next two games against Michigan. I I got to say, though, you got to talk about some of the, the players. Brent Darnell now has, with, with how much he produced over the weekend, now he has 11 points in the last eight games. That's crazy. That's, that's phenomenal. From a guy you wouldn't normally expect to... Be a main goal scorer. If you had, if you asked any outsider who knows a little bit about hockey, who's going to be the major point getter for MSU? They'd almost certainly say Matt Barry, Matt Barry maybe Mike, maybe Farrington. yeah, maybe Farentino. You know? But no, since again, you're going to notice, you know, a theme, a motif, when we're talking about this team, it seems like that uh, that game against Minnesota where they got whacked around five nothing, just completely. It looks like it completely changed. The team. I mean, you look at Darnell's production. How about his linemate, Ryan Keller, who has three goals in his last four games? You know, everybody's starting to click right now, and now you have Matt Barry back in the mix, which is only going to help them going forward. You know, so this this team is starting to play some pretty good hockey, folks. They really are. And of all the t- and of all the times when they need to turn it up, now is mm-hmm. the time, especially when you have the big bad Wolvie Wolverine. Sitting mm-hmm. on your doorstep, and you've got him next weekend. And on another interesting note here, Jake Hildebrand made his second shutout of the season in that second in that two to nothing win against Ohio State, and was awarded the Big Ten's first star of the week for his efforts, beating out two Michigan Wolverines. Yep, yep. And Jake Hildebrand has just been absolutely lights out lately. Uh, you know, you look, he had fifty five at a fifty five saves on fifty six shots on the weekend. That's good for a 982 save percentage. If you can get a 982 through two games in a series, that's phenomenal. And if you look at his workload since that first game against Minnesota, Jake Hildebrand has a 933 save percentage. That's that's crazy. 933. And that was including one game where the Spartans, obviously, they, they just played poorly in that second game against Penn State where he gave up five goals. So if you look at that, 933 save percentage, and you can see why the Spartans are starting to turn it around. 
It's all because of Jake Hill. It all starts with Jake Hildebrand. Then you have the the depth scoring with Brent Darnell and Ryan Keller really starting to emerge lately. And then you have Matt Berry coming back, and you have Michael Ferentino. I'd argue there's another cog to that. The Spartan defense in general mm-hmm. has been playing phenomenally. They've they've really grown up. They've molded into a unit that prides itself on blocking shots, mm-hmm. on killing penalties, on really doing the dirty stuff. I mean, Brian, you and I watched them against Ohio State. They look nice and crisp. A couple times they were a bit antsy, but you mm-hmm. never got a sense that, oh, my gosh, they've lost control of this. They, they're struck. They 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 need to get it out and they they need a change. You never sense that they like just a hundred percent lost control. You mm-hmm. always had a sense that even when things were dicey, they know what they're doing. They know where the outlet is. They just need to get that outlet to work. Yeah, and things were dicey in that second game. Like I said before, when they took that too many men on the ice penalty, and how funny was it listening to Tom and Assis <laughs> talk about that after the game? He's like, oh, that drive, it just drives me crazy, you know? you know. Nobody would own up to it on the bench, but we've got tape, so we'll <laughs> find out who it was. <laughs> no one asked him that in the press conference. Nobody, yeah, nobody did. Oh, we forgot to ask, maybe we'll darn. get to that uh, at some point in the future. But, maybe. you know, it, that was where I thought Michigan State showed that they are a much better team than, than not only – not only earlier in the season, but in from previous years, because that was just a absolutely phenomenal job done by all people involved on that penalty kill. And look what happened after that. You can argue maybe Ohio State got frustrated by you know not being able to put a puck in the net behind Jake Hildebrand, and then they take those two major penalties. I'll give them one was a major. I feel one of them was a major. I thought the second one should have just been a boarding call, but you had the first one. You had you had Matt uh, Matthew Weiss come up high and hit Michael Ferentino in the head. Ferentino went down on the play. Now Matthew Weiss should be noted that he was playing chippy all weekend. He was a he was yep. he was definitely in on almost any sort of scrum that was happening in that series, and I give the referees you know kudos to. The call they made, I felt it was deserving of a five-minute major in a game misconduct. Then poor Michael Ferentino, you know, he gets he gets hit pretty bad on the first one. You know, the trainer takes him down the tunnel. They go through the whole concussion protocol. Turns out he's fine. Then he comes back and three minutes later gets boarded face first into the boards. That was the penalty I felt really deserved a suspension because Michael Ferentino, he turned his back and the guy followed through with it. It's not like he let up and kind of ran into Ferentino, mm-hmm. the guy followed through with his elbow. Mm-hmm. See, that, I, I, that's a play that needs to be taken out of the game. See, I, I think you get a boarding call was appropriate, or a hit from behind, what have you, whatever you want to call it, hit from behind boarding. I think it was the right call, but I also think that Ferentino turning to the boards at the last second. Yeah, no. you know, it, when you're it, just put yourself in that defenseman situation. You got a guy whose shoulders are parallel to the boards, and you know he's not, and he's not facing the boards at all. He's facing the play that's along the boards. He gets the puck, and then all of a sudden, when you're about to hit him, turns to face the glass. It's really, it's almost impossible to let up at that point. Yes, but per the rule, the onus is always mm-hmm. on the checking player. He has to let up or make a concerted effort that he's trying to let up. I also think some of the onus does have to fall on the player receiving the hit. 
because the, if if the player is aware of of what's going on around him, he doesn't necessarily put himself in that in a harmful situation. You can understand what I'm trying to say. I mean, I I think a lot of people are quick to jump the gun and say, you know, oh, the defenseman, the defenseman are the problem, you know, the hitter is the problem. I also think people need to teach awareness around yourself when you're in the offense. you got to be aware. Not saying that Michael Ferentino wasn't aware. I just don't think it was deserving of a five-minute in a game misconduct at that point in the game. You already made, you know, it was already tough for Ohio State to come back when they faced a five-minute major, which pretty much wiped out the rest well, of the clock for them. It was the same guy. It was the same. I, I think I could see your point if it was someone other than, mm-hmm. than Mike Ferentino, but the fact is Mike Ferentino got targeted twice. Mm-hmm. But how about the response, though, by the Spartans after Ferentino was hit that second time? Put a bomb in the back of the net. That was beautiful. That was just textbook. Not only the goal, but just the response by everybody else on the ice when they saw Ferentino get drilled into the boards. That was just it was it was great. It was great to see. It was you know beautiful shot by and then Darnell. and then Brent Darnell just completely lights the lamp. And this this that was a weekend I really think. And Brent Darnell mentioned it. It was a weekend that it was a series that can turn you know can turn around the team for the rest of the year. It certainly can. But first, the Michigan State Spartans will have to go through the Michigan Wolverines as we look around the boards here, mm. checking out the Big Ten. The standings in the Big Ten with 21 points is. The Big Ten's only ranked team, number 13, Michigan Wolverines. Again, as everyone surely knows, they play the Michigan State Spartans at Joe Lewis in Detroit this weekend. The duel in the D. Exactly. The Wolverines are a whopping 7-1-0 in conference. They have just been running everyone over 15-7-0 overall. They are, they're the cream of the crop. Right now, of the Big Ten, mm-hmm. they're the only ranked team. They they're in first place. They they're looking like unless someone starts putting a couple win uh, losses to them, they could run away with this thing. Yeah, they yeah they really can, and they're starting. Talk about Michigan State starting to find their stride. Michigan is just playing out of their mind right now. They really are. I mean, they found their stride right after they won the GLI. Yep. The series after that, they had Minnesota did something that has never happened to the Golden Gophers in the young history of the Big Ten. Gophers being swept. Mm-hmm. They swept the Gophers and got Red Barons in his eight hundredth his eight hundredth win. So Michigan definitely a team worthy of respect. And you look at who they who they got back uh, in the GLI. They had a lot of their leaning. Their leading scorers were just out for a long time. You know, you had Zach Waranski was was out at at the junior you know, the World Juniors for Team USA. JT Comfer, you know, um, Dylan Larkin was there too. You know, so it, it'll be a very different game against Michigan this time because they have their high. You know, their big gunners are back. But at the same time, Michigan State is coming off a very emotional game mm-hmm. as well. And they're starting to hit their – and the Spartans are really starting to hit their stride, especially both on offense and on defense a little bit. Yeah, they are. And I think that was definitely pinpointed by the effort, the this 120-minute effort they got this weekend. It'll be very it, – it'll be a very interesting thing to see, the Spartan defense against the Michigan offense. Yep. Kind of sounds like we're almost we're almost previewing a football game. You know, yeah. about the Spartan defense. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. 
In second place with 16 points are the Penn State Nittany Lions. They will face another non-conference opponent this weekend. They'll play a single game against Vermont in Philadelphia. At the Wachovia Center, or the Wells Fargo Center now. Wells Fargo, yeah, yep. home of the Philly Flyers. Yep. A rival of the Devils, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, battle of the Turnpike. Battle for the Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> the Nittany Lions are 5-2-1 and one in conference, 12-7-4 and four overall. You know, Jason, something that well, was brought to my attention earlier, and I'm sure you, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Penn State, uh, give them all credit in the world at where they are right now, but their schedule was very, very beneficial for them early in the season. Mm-hmm. You Indeed. know, they, they, they got Wisconsin, who's an ultimate free fall, you know, Earlier in the season, they were just a disaster. So they had Wisconsin on the road twice, and they were able to get wins. And you know, and you play, you play an Ohio State team. You know, not the greatest thing there, but you look at just their workload. I think their scheduling is was a lot was very helpful for where they are right now. They're going to face a very tough end of, end of the season. I really think they exactly. Are. You also forgot. Penn State and Lions also played Michigan mm. back when they were still trying yes. to find themselves. Yes, that's stole, right. Stole, they stole a game at Yost. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So definitely, like you said, Penn State facing a really, really tough. But give them credit. The they, they took care of their business. They did. They, they took did. care of business. They did. But and a lot of the times that's all that matters. If you can take care of your business, you'll be all right. Still have a full four games against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one will be an interesting series. In third place. With 13 points, the Michigan State Spartans. They will head to Joe Lissarine to play arch-rival Michigan this weekend. The Spartans are 3-3-2 three, three and two in conference, 9-11-2 overall. Jeez, it's, it kind of, it's kind of weird to say that Michigan State is in the top three, and they are just one game behind Penn State in second place. Yeah, it really is. And you see what they've been able to do in their last, in their last handful of conference games. You know, They obviously won the two against Ohio State. They went. They split. Ultimately, split realistically against Penn State, even though they got the tie and then got the shootout win. And then you look back at the Minnesota series. They lost the first game, but they were able to win the shootout. So if you look, they're they're two one and two in their last five conference games. Six conference games. Two, three, two. The math is off, but <laughs> but you get the point. Yeah, it's it's. They've been playing a lot better in the conference as of late. And that's really beneficial. We were talking about earlier, Brian, even if this team doesn't make it into that top two round bye, as long as this team finishes in the top half of the Big Ten, I I will regard this season as a success. Yeah, absolutely. I I was just, I was, when we talked earlier in the season, I was predicting Michigan State to be somewhere around the five or six spot. And now, there's, there's still the, the potential for them to finish there, but since they've gone two one and two in their last five, two two and two overall in the conference, that's two wins, two losses, two shootout wins. I still think that there is potential for this team to stay in the third position, maybe even get second second place. Knock on wood, you don't want to jinx it, but if they take care of business, if they stay hot the way they are, you might you might be looking at a Michigan State team that gets a bye in the first round. Best case scenario. How crazy is that? It, had you told me that Michigan State will be in the running 
for that top two spot, maybe even for a regular season conference title, I would have looked at you and said, geez, Louise, are they scoring? But they're they're not a dynamic offense. They're doing it the Michigan State way. They are a defensive-minded team, and I'm okay with that. Case in point, when when Anastas, when Tom Anastas was talking about Ryan Keller and the success that he's had, do you remember he was talking about how Ryan Keller went to the dirty areas and paid the price? First time it didn't work, second time it didn't work, the third time it didn't work, but the fourth time Ryan Keller got rewarded. And Tom Anastas mentioned that he took a clip of all the times that Keller paid the price did the dirty work, went to the guard, went to the greasy areas to get a goal, and it paid off. That's what he's trying to to preach to his team. The more hard work, the more they pay the price, the more successful they be. And that's they'll be. That's a good coaching move by mm-hmm. Coach Nassis because how many times have you and I been saying they need to go to the front of the net more? They need to pay the price. Well, you got Ryan Keller. He's got two goals on that last weekend, both of which came in those dirty mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and hope and hopefully for Tom Anastas, he's got to hope that that philosophy gets bought into by the rest of the squad. Exactly. It's nice to have at least one guy, Ryan Keller, going in the net, but it'd be even more helpful to have two, maybe even three. Mm-hmm. In fourth place in the Big Ten with eight points is the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the unranked Minnesota Golden Gophers. Mm. That's right, they fell out of the rankings after losing both games in the North Star Cup. They hit the road to play a series in Madison against the Wisconsin Badgers. The Gophers are 2-2-2 two, two, and two in conference, 11-9-2 overall. I would have never thought we'd see the day where the Minnesota Golden Gophers would not be ranked. No, but I still think this is a team that should not be, you just shouldn't cast this team away. Sure, Michigan State is five points ahead of them at this point, but... Ohio, uh, Ohio State, Minnesota rather, has two conference games in hand on Michigan State. Looking at the standings right now, Michigan State has played eight conference games right now, and Minnesota has only played six. That's that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not saying it's it's not saying that Minnesota is definitely you know, going to wake up and you know break out of their shell, but it's just a team you got to keep an eye on. Exactly. I mean. When you're when you're hugging that thir- three four line, you mm-hmm. can't afford to be absent minded, if you will. No, and I think Minnesota's a team where they just need a, a lucky break. Maybe something like Michigan State, they need to get over the hump. Michigan State's big situation was trying to be able to put together two consecutive games. For Minnesota, it might be the same thing: trying to put together, string together a couple consecutive good efforts. Thing is, though, when they face off against Wisconsin, it's going to be a battle of two really upset teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, Wisconsin yeah. is coming off of oh, yeah. just getting whipped that was by a Michigan. Disaster. Just horse whipped by Michigan in their home rink. And they play the Gophers in their home rink. You tell me the Badgers and Mike Eves are not going to be fired oh, up. they are going to be livid. And just really PO'd to play. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, when they know they stole a shootout win from them in in Minneapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be crazy. Meanwhile, the Gophers, they got to do something quickly and salvage their season because their fans are really starting to get antsy. Oh, yeah. They're – oh, boy. It's troubling times for some of these Big Ten schools and great times for others, you know? Yeah, that's hockey. What do you, it's, what do, it, you do? it's hockey. That's hockey. <laughs> 
The Ohio State Buckeyes in fifth place with six points. They are off this weekend, probably much needed. Yeah. Buckeyes have lost four straight, mm. both in fairly deciding fashion. The Buckeyes, Ohio State is currently 2-6-0 and oh in conference, 7-13-2 overall. Ohio State, it, just, it looks like they are just hamstrung right now. Yeah. Certainly a far cry from the Cinderella team that went all the way to the uh, uh, conference tournament championship. Yeah, and it, it's just there's just a lot going on with that with that team right now. They had some injuries and they're trying to figure out how to cope with it. You know, they haven't had the greatest goaltending in the world. Although Christian Frey, Christian Fry, Frey played pretty well. I think he overall he played well. He did well. okay, but in in the game Saturday night he played. I felt like he played really well. Michigan Michigan State again fired over thirty shots, something they've been doing a whole lot lately. Um, I, I think it's up to nine out of the last eleven Michigan State has fired thirty or more shots on goal. So they're they're a team. I think this week off will absolutely benefit them. Huh. They it really will. Remains to be seen. They have Ohio, uh, not Ohio State. What am I saying? They have the Minnesota Golden Gophers the weekend after this one. They and need that weekend. They absolutely need to, to get points out of that weekend if they want a chance to climb up the. Stadium. So does Minnesota if yep. if they don't pick up the sweep yep. in Madison. Yep. So very interesting next couple of weeks going on in Big Ten hockey, and finally in sixth place with only two points is Wisconsin Badgers, coming off as earlier stated the shellacking. At the hands of the Michigan Wolverines, they host the Minnesota Golden Gophers in a series in the Kohl Center at Madison, in Madison campus. But the Badgers are zero five and one in conference, two fifteen and three overall. Yikes! The struggles continue for Mike Eves and the and the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. It appears. Yeah, but it's a, it's a very young team, and they're going through something that Michigan State kind of went through. They they lost so many players last season. And just like Michigan State has proved in, in their recent past, when you lose a lot of players, it's really tough to put a, a, a competitive, a winning team out onto the ice. When you lose that many you know, that many leaders, that many you know point getters, it's tough for to count on freshmen and sophomores to pick up the slack when that happens. Right, but in a couple of years, the batters should be okay oh, because yeah. – that class, that that big freshman class, is a lot better skill-wise than the freshman class Tom and Asses brought in to replace those 11 seniors yeah. that left after his first year. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that, yeah. So they'll, they'll be back. I think their their turnaround is going to be a little, uh, little faster than Michigan State's. Is. I agree. I agree. So that will do it for Around the Boards, and we get to the much-anticipated topic of the night, Know thy enemy. It is rivalry week. It, uh, excuse me. It is rivalry week, and it is finally here. The Spartans will take a short bus trip down to Detroit to face off against their arch rival, the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan has been on a reign of terror throughout the Big Ten. Their last three wins coming by at least three goals. Michigan has led, is led, has led their offense, which averages. 4.36 goals per game, led by Zach Hyman, Dylan Larkin, and Andrew Comp. Hyman has 16 goals, 19 assists for 35 points. 
Larkin, 9 goals, 20 assists for 29 points. And Kopp, 12 goals, 11 assists for 23 points. However, Michigan's greatest strength, Brian, is also their greatest weakness. U of M allows an average of 3 goals per game. Reminder, when Michigan State scores 3 goals, they usually win. Netminder Zach Nagelvort and Steve Racine have not been as impressive as billeted by any means of the imagination, and their defense hasn't been giving them much help either. Michigan State leads the Big Ten in goals, which is 2.5 per game, and penalty kill, 87%. The Spartans have also boasted arguably the best goaltender in the conference in Jake Hildebrand. It seems like a classic Michigan State matchup of a stout defensive underdog against a heavily favored and high-octane offense, only fitting that it's Michigan State versus Michigan. With very important points on the line, Brian, buckle up, because this one is going to be a fun game to watch. These next two games are going to be fun to watch. I cannot wait. I know. Friday cannot come fast enough. I will be be making the trip to Detroit to watch that game. I'll be up in the press box. That will be a good one. I think... Michigan State's defense is really going to be put to the test. This is their biggest test to date, honestly. Indeed. This, this is the test. This like You could say the Ohio State game was sort of a, of, a, of a quiz at the time to see you know if this team can be a contender, and this is the test. This is their biggest stretch of the season right now. Now you're playing... If you look at their next four games, they're playing against the two teams that are above them. You have Michigan Friday night, Michigan next Saturday at Chicago at Soldier Field, and then you have home games against Penn State the weekend after. Tough slate, but it's big tough, opportunity. But yeah, it's tough, but you know, great moments are born from great opportunity. And this is a great opportunity for Michigan State right Quoting now. Quoting Kurt Russell. My favorite Miracle. quote from that movie, by far. It's a good one, no doubt about that. And Michigan State seems to be in a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan is by far and away favored. They mm-hmm. have played themselves into the national tournament picture. They have destroyed nearly every Big Ten opponent they have met. Last time, Michigan... Played Michigan State, they beat them 2-1 to one on a depleted Michigan roster. They were missing, missing their top four guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're missing the likes of Dylan Larkin, you know, Zach Wierenski, JT Conference, and, uh, and uh, was the fourth one, yeah, Tyler Mott, you're looking at a, that. That's tough for any team to recover from that. I mean, that's like almost – it was almost as if Michigan's team was like a JV team yep. when they played Michigan State the last time. And now that they have those guys back, and you can also look from Michigan State standpoint, you could say we didn't have Matt Barry either. You could say that, and you Matt could. Barry has a history and, against yeah, Michigan. He, yeah, he does. And and so he had a hat trick against Michigan in his career. You know, I remember that one. That was probably one of the loudest <laughs> games I've ever heard at Mun. You know, but yeah, they they can claim that. I mean, Matt Barry, if he had been in the lineup every game, you could be looking at Michigan State's leading scorer. Right now, he's only trailing Michael Ferentino by a few points, and he's only and he missed he set out six games for it. Uh, actually, Matt Barry is leading the Spartans in points with sixteen. In Ferentino, are you tra- are you are you talking goals? Goals. 
Oh, goals, goals. yes. He's only trailing Mike Ferentino yes. by one. But yes. in total His points, Barry Total is the points, leader. Barry has it. But let's face it, Matt Barry is a goal scorer. He is. He is a goal scorer. So had he been there, you're, you're definitely looking at saying Michigan State probably was without their leading goal, their best goal scorer on the team in that last matchup. Indeed. Definitely indeed. And for Michigan State, the on, the two spots that they beat the Wolverines, goals against average and penalty kill, they are going to have to lean hard on those two. Because other than that, you're looking at a Michigan, really a really bad game for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I'm the Spartans, tell your defense, this is where you prove yourself. And this yeah. is a great opportunity. I mean, all Michigan State needs to do is just take one of these games. I, I agree. They don't have to sweep. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't have to sweep. By the way, Brian, when was the last time the Michigan State Spartans swept the Michigan if Wolverines? If you want to be really gutsy and think Michigan State will pull out a sweep in the next two weeks, the last time Michigan State swept Michigan, you have to go back to 2009. Ooh. And a home-and-home home series, November 13th and November 14th, Michigan State won the first game 3-2 at Yost and then came back and shut out the Wolverines 2-0 at Munster. So you're you're going on it's almost it's going to be almost 6 years once November comes around it'll be 6 years since the last time the Spartans have swept the Wolverines. Can you imagine um having a little bit of technical difficulties here for some reason? But um can you imagine what would happen if Michigan State were to sweep the Wolverines? That would be I would be swinging my hands up saying the corner has been turned if that were to happen. Yeah, if they sweep, that puts them literally right behind Michigan in the standings. Only two points. Yeah, only only two points. And two points when you have the boatload, the majority of your, of your schedule is still coming up. I think Michigan State could just carry a tidal wave of momentum into that Penn State series. Even even if they only split, they are still in the race because then they would tie Penn State, who is idle in conference again. They tie them with 16 points. And then think about it. You're only, what, five points behind Michigan? That's a series. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's an opportunity. It really is. And I, I got I, I'd say, you know, going uh, over five years without a sweep means that a sweep is due eventually. Well, you know who's really due is uh, Coach Anastas, and he is yet to win a duel in the D game. Mm. In his entire tenure as Michigan State head coach, he is due. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan State has the edge mentally in this game, and here's why. Look at what Michigan's coming off of. They're coming off of a series where they basically beat up on children. That's yeah. That's basically what they did. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really great about that. Yeah. On the road. Look at what Michigan State's coming off. They're coming off an emotional series where they've done something that they have yet to do this season. They did it in front of a huge and crazy crowd at Mon Ice Arena. They are riding all the confidence in the world. They seem to have grown up mentally. They know the approach they have to take. And they're going into Joe Louis Arena where not a month ago they had to watch the Maize and Blue waltz off with the GLI championship trophy, how can you not give the mental edge to the Michigan State Spartans? Just like in the GLI game the night before, I gave the mental edge to the Michigan Wolverines. 
the Wolverines were coming off a game where their goaltender, Steve Racine, completely shut out the then number five Michigan mm-hmm. Tech yep. Huskies. It was a huge emotional game for them because remember, up until that time, the Wolverines had not played a really strong series. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The only the only argument I'd have against that though, Jason, is that if you think Michigan State's riding some momentum, Michigan coming in on a seven game winning streak, firing on all cylinders, I I gotta I gotta give the the edge to Michigan. Yeah, but Michigan's due for one though. They are, they are, but now I now let's let let's think about this here. You look at, at Michigan's schedule. You look at you know their last their last couple games there. Yeah, they yeah they were able to beat a Wisconsin team. Mind you, they were trailing by three goals in the first game of that series, and were able to rally back. They score in bunches. That's all they do. They just score in bunches. That Michigan team, but I. I, I I can't I, I can't give uh any kind of an edge to Michigan State so far for this series. I I, I can't. I, I just don't see That's respectable. In goal. In goal and on defense, I give the edge to Michigan State. Hands down. Hands down easily. I'll give you Jake Hildebrand over Steve Racing. Or Nagelvort. Or Nagelvort. Who knows? It's it's a Or Nagelvort. It's a toss up. It's a toss up. But you know, I, I I really think it'll it's just gonna come down to if if Michigan State can score goals. I think they're gonna have to. They're gonna, they're not gonna shut out Michigan. They're not gonna. I I don't see them shutting out Michigan. If they do, then we're talking about a dynamic defense, a really dynamic defense. But we'll. I mean, that's why they play the game on the ice, right? If they do that, we're talking about Spartan dogs learning to skate. Yeah, I mean, I you look at. You look at the goal production. Their last four games, they had six goals against Wisconsin, blanked them six nothing, won seven to four against Wisconsin when Wisconsin was up four to one. Then that that ten six shootout against Ohio State, and then that seven to five win over Minnesota. The team just scores, man. They just score. And that's gonna bring us to our keys to Spartan victory because. I have a couple thoughts on that, but Brian, let's hear what you have to say first. All right, I'll give him three this week because I know I took an extra one. You last did, week, you but did. But you know what? I'm gonna go with an extra one again this week. I'm gonna go with four <laughs> right. this week. My All number right. one key is you have to try and stifle that offense. You gotta, you got to get that offense off their game. You really do. You gotta start to get them out of sync. You gotta frustrate them a little bit. Try to get under their skin. And really, just break them out of this this role they're on right now. That's num that's number one. Maybe not. Yet. All these are tied, by the way. It's one A, one B, one C, and one D. <laughs> number two, one B, if you will. The penalty kill needs to stay perfect, and the Spartans cannot take stupid penalties. That that uh, that too many men on the ice penalty cannot happen. Michigan's power play is too good. Is way too good for Michigan State to play. Undisciplined. Number three, they still they have to get that depth scoring that they've been getting. Ryan Keller and Brent Darnell, I think, are the two players that are keys to this this game Friday night and the game outdoors. If that line can continue to produce and the other lines around it can still do what they've been doing, Michigan, I, I'm starting to like Michigan State's chances a little more. 
And last but not least, number three, I'll, I'll give my number th- uh, number four now. They got to play 60 minutes. 60 full minutes of a business-like mentality. If they're up one nothing or 2 nothing after the first period, do not feel any sort of content. You got to play through the entire 60 minutes. If they listen to all four of my... All four of my coaching philosophies, they might be able to pull it out on Friday night. Coach Bobo here. I'll go to my three. I'll keep it within the rules here. Mm. First one, keep your composure before the game. Mm-hmm. Don't get too hyped. Yes, it's a rivalry game, but you can't get too hyped. That's our job. Mm-hmm. Ryan, that's your job. That's my job, and that's our fans listening. Out. That's our job to get all hyped up for this game. Spartans cannot get too hyped for this game. They can get excited for it, but... Keep it at a business-like level. Mm -hmm. And that also goes to during the game. If something happens and Michigan perhaps gets a goal, don't get down on yourselves because it's when teams get down on themselves and say, oh, crap. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. That's when Michigan rips off two, three, four, and that's what puts the game out of reach. you got to be able to weather those storms a little bit. That's when you almost get like a sunburn from the goal light being turned on behind you. Exactly. Second second point, Brian, you touched on this, negate the U of M offense. This game is going to come down to Michigan State's offense versus Michigan – I'm sorry, Michigan's offense versus Michigan State's defense. It's plain as simple yep. as that. These next two games are going to come down to that. To that. Mm-hmm. If Michigan State's defense can upset, get in the way, really throw Michigan off their game, and really just make life extremely difficult, much like – Penn State did to them, and much mm-hmm. like Michigan State did to Minnesota when uh-huh. they tied that game. They got in the way of Minnesota. They did not allow them mm-hmm. to do what they want. That's what Michigan State has to do. If they do that, their chances of winning this game go up ex- at a very high rate, mm-hmm. especially considering U of M's defense. And finally, you have any chance you get to score a goal, you have to bury it. Michigan State cannot afford to leave pucks lying in the crease or they they have to capitalize on every single chance they get because likely they're gonna need every single chance. Yeah, and they got they got away with some of that uh, last weekend against Ohio State. There were a lot of chances that they had to bury it and they couldn't, but they found a way to pull it out. But I agree with you completely. They have they there's zero margin for error on offense this uh, in the game this weekend. Absolutely none. And that will do it for us this evening. I'm Jason Ruff. I'm Brian Bobel. Stay cool, Spartan Nation, and happy Rivalry Week. You gotta listen to see if that uh, yeah. if that static was on the yeah. desk. <laughs>